This is the Relationship Badass Podcast, where we learn to open our hearts and love authentically. It's an honor to have you here. Now, let's go deep together. of planet earth and welcome back to the relationship badass podcast i am your host nikki sunshine and boy it is such a true honor and joy to be here with you right now on this day on this evening whenever you find yourself tuning in here <sighs> I just finished up a 40 minute or so long dance practice with myself and I am feeling the ecstasy of pure joy pulsing through my system. <laughs> And my wish and prayer for everyone in the world, and of course all of you listening here, is that during this very interesting time in the world, you're finding practices and activities and things, experiences that bring you joy. Of course, from the so-called limited constructs of being in your home, not being able to visit or go to many of your usual events or activities outside of the home. And as always, I think there's, you know, multiple ways to look at a situation. So while I can't go to the activities and places and see the people I would normally see. What a grand invitation to become deeply, deeply connected with that beautiful being inside my own body. <laughs> mm. Yum. <sighs> so I hope you hear the calling and I hope my wish, my prayer is that the inner exploration of your own beingness has been one of curiosity and compassion and joy. Hmm. All right, y'all. Today's episode has been inspired by you guys and uh, the many, many, many messages I have been receiving on social media these last few weeks. Um, you know, with with all of the transition and uncertainty in the world right now, um, naturally a lot of 
human beings are experiencing their own type of transition. Right? It's often from the storm that we find clarity. And so I've been talking to many of you and there have been lots of separations. There have been lots of um, people sharing with me, I'm seeing parts of my partner I've never seen before, or I'm seeing parts of myself I've never seen before. Um, there's a lot of redefinition happening. Dynamics that have always been a certain way experiencing their own shifts and transitions. And of course, when that happens, it can propel a lot of feelings and emotions and reactions. And so I created this episode this week because I feel a general calling for some relational guidance. And I have been getting a lot of clarity on relationships. And as I am in my own transitioning of transitioning out of a three-year-long partnership with Warren, King Warren, (laughs) and transitioning into this beautiful love affair with myself. Um, I've been just receiving a lot of downloads and ideas about what is, how, rather, how to create a relationship that allows for and encourages an open heart, open hearts on all ends, that encourages freedom, freedom to be oneself, to express oneself authentically, that encourages real love frequency, not just while things are going good, but through the challenges, in the moments when my heart feels broken, how do I How do I stay in that frequency of real love? How do I keep my heart open even when I'm hurting? (sighs) And so today's episode is all about how to create a juicy, loving, open, free relationship. Now, I use the word open not to mean that this is a dynamic for people who are polyamorous only, or if you practice with multiple partners. What I'm about to share in this episode is a relational blueprint for every single type of relational construct. Whether you practice monogamy, whether you practice um, having multiple partners, this is a blueprint that can be a foundation for any of those constructs that makes sense. So when I use the word open, I'm referring to an open heart, open communication, open flow of energy between me and my partner, between me and the world around me, between our we space and the world around us. So I'm really excited to bring this to you all. (sighs) And truly just grateful to have this platform to share with you beautiful beings. 
during this time and always. So thank you for being here. If you're getting something out of the show, if you love Relationship Badass Podcast, you could do me a sweet one and scroll to the bottom of the page on iTunes where you're listening. Leave me a rating and review. Another way to spread the word is share this episode or one of your favorite episodes with someone you believe will benefit from it, who will resonate, who will enjoy it, who needs to hear it. (laughs) So sharing the podcast is such a great way to spread the message, spread the word. So thank you, thank you, thank you for sharing. And before we dive into this episode, I want to just take a moment to open this container with gratitude. (sighs) And this week, I feel so much gratitude in my heart for those of you who have really been brave enough to book one of these sunshine sessions with me. Um, I've been getting to connect with many new faces and why I'm so grateful to you all is for your courage in bringing yourself so rawly and so authentically and allowing all these parts of yourself to be witnessed, to be seen. I know it's not always easy to be vulnerable, to be authentic, to share the parts of yourself that maybe even you judge. So thank you. Thank you to those who have been showing up with me in this way. And thank you to all beings in the world who are courageously showing up vulnerably in their truth, authentically sharing all parts of their selves. (sighs) Mm. (laughs) All right, y'all. Without further ado, here is this yummy episode. Open relationships. What I like to call here in my little world, free relationships. So I want to be abundantly clear with this. To me, a free relationship is an open relationship. And that doesn't mean that the two people involved are being romantic or sexual with other people outside the partnership. Okay, this is not the same as a polyamorous dynamic. What I teach and speak to is a foundation for a relationship that can be applied to any set of agreements whether that be we are only romantic, sexual, and intimate with one another, all the way to we are romantic, sexual, and intimate with many. It doesn't matter. So this is a foundational relationship blueprint for everyone. So let me start by just defining what I call a free relationship, which is also what I call an open relationship. I'm 
kind of teetering between the two names here, um, my hesitation in using the words open relationship is that I feel a lot of people associate that with polyamory and having multiple partners. Um, and that's not necessarily the case in a free relationship, though it can be. So a free relationship is a relationship that is centered around the frequency of real, authentic love. The priority of the container is that all parties involved feel free, fully expressed, and in alignment with their truth. This container honors moment-to-moment -moment fluidity as a guide to check in and redefine the relationship as needed. A relationship prioritizes and honors the true desires, energy, and happiness of the individuals involved over comfort, familiarity, and conformity of the container. In a relationship, love remains always while the dynamics of the container are ever-shifting. So, I'm going to start by talking about the pillars of a free relationship. And um, again, I'm going to say this a hundred times. This can be applied whether you practice monogamy, whether you practice polyamory, whether you're somewhere in between, whether you're like me and you just made up a new word and definition for your own type of relational dynamic. <laughs> But these are the pillars, and actually, before I go into the pillars, I want to go into why. Why would one want to engage in a relationship like this, a free relationship, if you will, rather than a more typical um, dynamic, relational dynamic, or marriage dynamic? monogamous dynamic or polyamorous dynamic. Why this? What are the benefits this particular container? Why would you want this? So I'm going to share with you the benefits I found in my own life from implementing this container into all of my relationships, including the almost three-year-long partnership I just shared with Warren before we separated and I moved here to Bali including my closest friendships, including my family relationships with my sisters, with my grandparents. Why this type of relationship? For me, one of the most prominent benefits that I see is that there's no complacency. There's no part of me that does or agrees to things because I think I'm quote-unquote supposed to. No. This is a relationship that is truly concerned with the authentic desires of both individuals. And who's not happy when they're having their authentic desires fulfilled? So there's no complacency. There's this energy of never-ending vibrancy, joy, mystery, excitement. Because instead of conforming to comfort through the energy of fear, 
we are curiously dipping our toes into the mystery, into truth of the moment. And that's really exciting. Yes, I hear you. It's scary at first. It's fucking frightening if you've never done that before. But what I can say from my own experience is that with time, with practice, like anything, it becomes more ease-filled, more exciting. <clears throat> Another benefit to this type of relationship is that everyone involved always gets to live in alignment with their truth without being deemed wrong, quote-unquote, or bad for doing it. There is... There are a few feelings for me that feel heavier and more challenging. And the word's escaping me right now. It's like heavy and painful. Painful. Then believing that I am wrong for wanting what I want and for believing that I am bad, quote unquote, for being who I truly am. So in this dynamic, everyone gets to be who they are. Yes, feelings get hurt. Yes, discomfort occurs. And we'll get more into that later in the episode, but nobody has to be deemed wrong or bad. Everyone just gets to be who they are in this moment, and it's beautiful, and it's freeing, and it's, it creates ecstasy in my life, truly. <clears throat> and with that, I'll just say that I know for certain I will never have what they call a midlife crisis. <sighs> so many pe I remember being young and people saying, wait till you're 40, you're going to have a midlife crisis. That was funny. I said I remember being young. I'm still 27 years young over here. Um, but I remember being younger and hearing that and believing it and thinking, oh, man, when I'm about 40, I'm going to have this crisis. And what I've learned now is that midlife crises are for people who have denied their truth, have denied the accumulation and fulfillment of their desires all those years leading up to 40 or whatever it is. So you get to avoid the midlife crisis. Another benefit is that I get to minimize, if not eliminate, the risk of ever losing love from this person in my life. Right, so one of the big fears in redefining a relationship or what they call breaking up, I don't personally resonate with that term, um, or divorce, is that this person won't love me anymore. I will lose love from this human that I've been so close and intimate and loving towards for so long. And that is hard. That is a hard reality to face. It's painful. And you guys, I've been there. I've been there. If 
you're close in my life, you know I've talked about this with my close friends and partners, but a lot of my ex-partners don't and won't talk to me. They don't want nothing to do with me. And that is that is painful in itself, but what's more painful than the fact that they won't communicate with me verbally or digitally is that I can feel their heart is closed towards me. I can feel the cutoff of the love. And that's what's so painful. And so when I'm engaging consciously in a free relationship with another person who's engaging consciously and intentionally in a free relationship, we don't have that risk. Love will always be there, whether we are across the globe from one another, whether we're in communication or not in communication, whether we're living in the same house, love will always be there. And that is one of the pillars of this type of relationship. <sighs> Finally, for me, a huge benefit of this type of relationship is getting the opportunity to engage in open, authentic, relating. Oh, my whole entire heart just warms up with bubbles as I say that. And there's a few reasons. First of all, it feels really fucking good to relate authentically because, again, I get to be myself. I get to share who I really am what I'm truly experiencing without that fear of being made quote-unquote wrong, once again. But even more so, when we are choosing to engage in open, open authentic relating, there is far less of a chance of deceit, lying, cheating, things like that, because we've created a container of safety together that allows for each person to express what's real for them, what's going on, without fear of castration, judgment, being cut off from the love supply. So you minimize that chance of this deceit or this lying occurring because when, I'm, when two people are truly and genuinely engaged in a relationship, and again, we're going to go much more into what that means in a few moments here. I don't need to lie. I don't need to hide parts of me to feel okay, to feel accepted, to feel worthy, because the container is built to accept all parts of one another, even the parts that some would consider dark or shadow or unacceptable. Not here. Here, all parts of you are accepted. you just breathe that in for a minute? Here, all parts of you are accepted. Every single piece of you is welcome here. Ah, <laughs> oh, I just, <laughs> I feel so light and open and tingly in my chest just saying that to myself and simultaneously to you all listening. So we open the invitation to be fully who you are, even if that hurts the other person. So when I engage in an open relationship, I am saying, be who you are, share who you are, and if my feelings get hurt, okay. 
Okay then. It's part of the dance. Now let's move into what I call the pillars that create, that make up this juicy, potent, loving, safe, free, expressive, and deeply, deeply connective container. Now that reminds me of something I want to share. Oftentimes, I, I talk to people, I talk to so many of you beautiful souls on Instagram, that's the hub. If you're not hanging out with me on Instagram, what are you doing with your life? <laughs> Just kidding, but also come hang out with me. It's at Relationship Badass um, through email, all the places. And I pick up on themes and patterns, things I hear a lot. Um, so something I notice is there's this belief out there that some people hold of, well, if there's too much freedom in the container of relationship, specifically romantic relationship, but also can be applied to others, then there's not connection. Then you just got two people doing their thing, not even thinking about the other person, just off gallivanting around the world. So what's the point of a relationship? You might as well just be single, quote unquote. <laughs> I wish you guys could see my air quotes through the podcast mic. <laughs> And so I just want to speak to that for a moment and say, in my experience, in this container that I'm going to spend the next however many minutes describing to you, that's just simply not the case. In fact, because both people are allowed to authentically express who they are and they're allowed space and freedom within the context of the togetherness, they show up more authentically. And because both people are showing up more authentically, even if that leads to hurt feelings and discomfort sometimes, the actual connection emotionally, spiritually, sexually, physically goes far deeper than is possible if two people are showing up as modified or even slightly modified versions of themselves. That's been my experience. So, what are the pillars that make up this open relationship? Well, the first and most important pillar, as I see it, is a desire to grow from both people involved or all people involved. You have to be down with the growth game. And I'm making a bit of an assumption, a projection here, and imagining that most or all of you listening are into personal growth because I just don't think you would have made it to this episode, this many episodes, if you weren't. <laughs> 
I would have triggered you far out of my sphere by now. So, got to be down for growth. And guess what? Growth, oftentimes it's uncomfortable. So that's the piece where we start to become okay with hurt feelings and discomfort. And I get to rewrite the story that, oh, you hurt my feelings? You did something wrong. You're bad. You should be different than you are. And actually recognize that, oh, you're being yourself, and now my feelings are hurt. Okay. Something inside me just got activated. Huh. I'm so curious. You're a human over there being who you are, and now I have stories and feelings and reactions, and all of those are perfectly okay. Very human experience to have emotional reactions and create stories in my head. And there's this beautiful shift that can occur when I shift from blame to curiosity. So instead of blaming the other person for, quote-unquote, making me feel this way, I can become curious, huh, what's going on here? So a desire to grow on both ends, or all ends. Everyone involved must care about personal growth, have a desire to grow interpersonally, emotionally, spiritually. That's part of the deal. Another pillar of a free relationship, an open free relationship, is that we are making mutual agreements that may shift moment to moment instead of rules. Mutual agreements instead of rules. Why? Mutual agreements, oh, does that just sound freeing and yummy? Mutual agreements is a collaborative creation of the agreements and structures that build this container for the two or more of you. Okay, mutual agreement. So we are all or both in agreement here. Mm. And so maybe one person brings an idea to the table. The other person says, hmm, okay, I'm hearing that this is what you want. I'm noticing what's coming up for me is this. What do you think about this addition, this shift, this edit? What do you think about that? The other person goes, hmm. Okay, let me sit with that. Here's what's coming up for me. And so it's this mutual collaborative effort. We're co-creating these agreements. And mutual agreements can shift and will shift over the long term because guess what? We're human beings. And if you're growing, that means you and I and we are ever shifting. And so it's only natural that the desires and preferences and boundaries of all the individuals involved are also going to shift. Rules have more of that rigid, closed kind of energy. Do you feel it? It's like, here are the rules and don't you break them or else. And then what happens if I break a rule? Quote, unquote, break a rule. Now I maybe go into a shame spiral thinking about how bad I am, how wrong I am. I broke the rule. I'll never be forgiven. I'm going to be 
I'm going to have the love supply cut off. They're not going to love me anymore. Okay, well, fuck that. I'm just going to not tell that person about this. I'm going to move further away from authentic expression and, again, become a modified version of myself so that they don't think I'm a rule breaker and they still trust me. Mutual agreements have more of a fluid nature. And it's like, hey, partner, hey, friend, I feel really nervous to share this with you. I'm noticing my heart is starting to beat faster and um, a tension is arising in my shoulders. But it needs to be shared, so here it is. I broke I went against our mutual agreement. You know that agreement we made? I didn't honor it last week. I didn't honor it today. And I imagine for you, you must have a lot of feelings coming up around that. So mutual agreements invite in more fluidity. It creates more of an invitation to be who you are. And guess what? It's okay if you break an agreement. I'm not here encouraging people to make agreements and then break them. And simultaneously, I'm giving you permission to be a fucking human being. We're not designed to be perfect. We're not robots. And if, you, if I break an agreement, what's most important is that I feel safe to bring that truth to my container and to have space to navigate and work with it and see each other and hold each other and decide what that means for us moving forward. So in an open relationship, we're creating mutual agreements instead of rigid rules. Another pillar very important one here, is authentic expression, the invitation to authentically express oneself instead of punishment. So let me explain what I mean by this. And I love explaining with an example. So let's do that. Let's say I'm in a partnership and one of our agreements is that we are practicing monogamy sexually and sensually and um, we don't one, another one of our agreements is that we don't engage in intimate one-on-one -on -one, uh, meetings or hangouts with members of the opposite sex let's say I am in a partnership and in this partnership, we have made a mutual agreement that says neither of us will spend money without speaking with the other person first. So perhaps we've joined our finances, and when we did that, we came up with this agreement that before either of us spends money, we will come to the other one and let them know what the intention is for spending the money. Now, I go out one day and I decide to stop at a casino on the way home from work. And I don't call my partner and let them know. So I am actively breaking or 
going against a mutual agreement. So I stop at the casino, I play some slots, and I lose some money. If I am in a dynamic that practices punishment mentality instead of the invitation to authentically express, how likely is it that I'm going to come home and share with my partner what I've just done? It's very unlikely. Not because I'm bad or wrong or a liar. I don't like to categorize and um, diagnose people like that. But rather, because it doesn't feel safe for me to express my truth. What has happened? I don't feel safe. This is what occurs again and again in relationships that practice a mentality of punishment. And that looks something like this. You break the rules, you're fucking dead. You break the rules, I'm out of here. You break the rules, you're gonna pay. So when I shift into a relational dynamic that honors the invitation to authentically express oneself. There's more space. There's a literal invitation to express yourself, which means all of you, right? If I invite my partner or a person to, you know, the invitation says, I want you to feel safe here to truly express yourself and be authentic with me. If you're going to put that invitation on the table, I beg of you, <laughs> any of you listening, to really tap into what that means. Some people say that, but what they really mean is authentically express your feelings and your love for me and your, your deepest fears, but oh, if you do something I don't like, you better not express that authentically. If you have to share something that's going to hurt my feelings, I'm going to make you wrong. You're bad. You're a bad partner. And here's the piece. If I say, no, I really want you to authentically express yourself, but then I make you wrong when that authentic expression is not what I like or want to hear, it's as if you might I might as well not even make the invitation because human beings are designed and wired on a nervous system and neurochemical level to do and act in ways that will keep us safe. So if I tell my partner, no, come be yourself, express yourself, but there's this underlying knowing or an energy of punishment of making me wrong if it's not what I want to hear, then there's no safety in expressing oneself, and so the other person's not going to do it. And that's just human design and how we work as beings, as beings who have a prefrontal cortex and a back part of our brain that is designed solely to keep us safe and to detect threats. And um, so authentic the invitation to authentically express oneself instead of a punishment mentality, in my experience, is very powerful. And yes, it's challenging to move into this type of dynamic if all you've ever known is the other. It's a little bit of discomfort in that. 
tendency when I feel hurt as a result of something someone else does is to blame them, is to make them wrong, is to look at them through my lens and say, well, I would never do that, so you shouldn't either. And in my perception, that's a very human way of thinking, and it's very, very limited. It's very limited. So I'm here to encourage us to shift into a paradigm where you do something, I'm now upset, okay, I'm going to become curious. Wow, I'm having a reaction here, what's going on? I'm going to hold compassion. Oh, you acted in that way, okay, that's where you're at on your journey. You're not wrong or bad or lesser than me, that's just where you're at. Okay, so what does that mean for me in this dynamic and the way we're currently engaging? What does that mean for me and my personal boundaries and my courage to communicate those personal boundaries with absolute clarity? So inviting authentic expression instead of punishment. next pillar I'm going to talk about is attachment. I'm just going to touch on this briefly because frankly this is an entire episode in itself. And I'm going to share a view with a, a, on attachment that maybe isn't the most popular but this is where I've come to in this moment in my life. Feeling attached to something or someone is a very human experience to have. And I don't believe it's wrong or bad or makes you not evolved or not conscious. I think it's a very expe human experience to have. I think it's natural that if I'm in relationship with someone especially if we're connecting deeply, especially if it lasts over time, that I'm going to potentially experience some attachment. I'm going to get used to that. I'm going to like it. I'm going to think, oh, man, wouldn't it be cool if this could be this way forever? I have many things I'm attached to. I'm wonder if y'all can resonate with this. I'm attached to the connection I have through my phone. If the internet and phone towers got shut off tomorrow, I would have to face some breaking of attachments in my own system, for sure. <laughs> um, and so it's a beautiful practice if this is your calling in this moment to practice unattachment in relationships to things, yeah, it's beautiful. I'm in the process of practicing this right now as I just separated from a man I love deeply and got rid of 80% of my belongings and put the remainder of my things in a box and came out to the other side of the world for a year or more with a backpack. <laughs> so for me, it feels very aligned in this moment to practice this. But I don't see me as 
better or more conscious or evolved than someone who has attachments. I think it's very human. Now, here's the caveat and the piece I'll share for this dynamic of open relationships. It's okay to feel my attachments. And my attachment is mine. My attachment is not justification to make the other person wrong or bad or classify them as an asshole or heartless, right? So when Warren and I recently separated, I had to face the uh, breaking of some attachments to this future that him and I had kind of created in our heads together and this idea of a life we were going to have on the mountaintop. There were some attachments there and I had to go through a process of really facing those and, and mourning, grieving those, and then letting them go. And during that process, I didn't use this, that pain and that grief as fuel to turn it back around on him and say, well, well, we were supposed to do all these things and you crushed that dream and you, you should have been different because we had these plans and you see what I'm saying here? Underneath the attachment is this acceptance that everything dies, everything ends, everything shifts constantly. That's why I always like to say to people and clients, have your fantasies. Have fun with them. Let them be fun. And if you feel an attachment to them, just own that. It's okay. Yeah, we have this fantasy of our future, and I'm kind of attached to it. And don't turn that attachment into fuel against the other person. And don't allow that attachment to anchor you down in such a way where you then begin navigating against your own truth. Right? So even though I had attachments to this idea of a future I was creating or seemingly creating with Warren, when I felt in my body that it was time to release that relationship dynamic as it had existed for the last three years, it was time to separate as partners and move off the mountaintop. I didn't allow my attachment to these fantasies to stop me from following what I knew was my truth. And so many people do that, right? I'm sure you've seen it. Well, part of me knew I needed to get out of this relationship or move or quit this job or you know, start this relationship, but I'm supposed to get a promotion in three years. We plan to have children together. We are supposed to have a life together and we just bought a house, right? So when you hear that, that is someone recognizing the truth of their own system in a moment and then falling into the trap of allowing the attachment to the fantasy become an anchor, stopping them from truly following the truth of this moment. So this is what I want to encourage you not to do. 
And this is how attachment shows up in the dynamic of an open relationship. This next pillar is about allowing space for the mystery and the unknown to blossom. It is so very certain, I'm sorry, it is so very human to crave and desire certainty. Human needs psychology says that certainty is one of our six human needs. We need it. We need certainty. And you know what else we need, says um, this branch of psychology? We need uncertainty. So just as much as I need certainty in my life, I need uncertainty. I need mystery. I need the unknown in order to truly thrive and be happy. There's something about mystery and the unknown and stepping into the darkness that lights something up in me as a human being. There's an excitement in that. And if I've designed my life in order to conform to the safety of only certainty for a long while, then guess what? Diving into the mystery, yeah, that's going to be scary, very scary at first. Because I haven't done that in a while. And I found safety in the certainty, right? I found safety in the comfort and security of what I know and what I've always known. What happens to those people who decide that uncertainty and mystery aren't needed and go for only safety, security, comfort, and certainty? What happens to those people? Well, oftentimes those people end up in a midlife crisis. Oftentimes those people end up in what my teacher Jason Gaddis called a dead marriage or a complacent relationship where there's no vibrancy, there's no excitement anymore, but we both sort of agreed to be miserable together so we don't have to live apart. We've agreed to give up the vibrancy of light in order to feel safe under the blanket of security. And I mean, I'll just be honest. For me, that is like my worst fucking nightmare. Fuck me. <laughs> if I ever find myself in a life that has no vibrancy, no joy, no radiance, because I've become so scared to dip my toes into the river of the unknown that I've just complied to only what is certain, only what is familiar, only what is comfortable. So an open relationship allows and accepts that mystery and uncertainty are unknown and the unknown is a part of the dance. I got a really good lesson in this back in November when I was in on the island of Maui for three beautiful weeks, almost four, 
Um, shout out to my sister Kelsey and my brother Jay as they invited me to stay on their beautiful, beautiful property overlooking the beach with the sunset every night um, for a number of weeks to take care of their animals and plants while they were traveling. And when I was out there, Warren and I were going through some challenges and we were miles and miles away from one another, going through interpersonal challenges. Ooh, this challenge is hard. It's really hard. And at one point, I asked him, how do you feel about us? Do you think we're going to make it through this? And his genuine, honest, authentically expressed answer to that question was, I don't know. And do you know what happened to me? I freaked the fuck out. And me being who I am, I thought, you know, part of me wanted to make him wrong, saying, you have to know. What do you mean you don't know? I need an answer. Is this going to work or is it not? But I took my own advice, and I got curious about what was happening within me. I said, huh, look at this. He doesn't know in this moment the truth for him of this relationship is. And I cannot fucking handle it. I can't hang. Look how scared I am to hang out in the seas of the unknown for a little while. It brings up a lot in me. So it was in that moment that I realized how scared I was of the mystery, the unknown, in the context of the future of my relationship with Warren. And I'm so grateful for that experience because being alone on Maui gave me a potent, perfect opportunity to go within and do the quote-unquote inner work of becoming okay with the unknown because I didn't have a choice. I wasn't about to castrate and make my partner wrong from across the globe for him just being in a state of unsureness. That didn't feel in alignment for me. So it's likely because of that experience that when we did separate a few months later in January, I was able to do it with such grace, acceptance, and love. That was likely one of the um, transitional moments for me. So do a little self-check-in. Can you hang in the space of the unknown? Can you let the unknown be okay? And if not, where does that fear or insecurity live in your body? I invite you to get curious start exploring that within yourself. <sighs> the final pillar I'm going to talk about in this episode is surrendered-based trust versus I trust you. So, 
I have an entire episode and a whole blog post on so what I call surrendered-based trust. So if you want more on this, I invite you to go check out those resources. What is surrendered-based trust? Surrendered-based trust says, I trust this moment. I trust what's happening. I trust what is. I trust what shows up in my reality, even if it hurts, even if it's not what I wanted. I trust my own inner knowing and inner wisdom. What I love about surrendered-based trust is it is a trust that cannot be broken. I trust whatever happens. That's unbreakable. No matter what happens, I choose trust. And I like this so much better than I trust you, right? Because maybe more of a typical belief pattern around trust is I trust you not to break the rules. I trust you not to betray me. And then what happens? Humans are humans. The sacred trust is broken. And now, now, now what do we do? Oh my God, you were a human being. You acted in a moment in the way of your own self-interest. And now, can I even love you anymore? You've broken my trust. And it's, if you've ever had the feeling of, putting all of your trust in the hands of someone else and then having it broken. Oh, for me personally, it is one of the most heart-shattering and disempowering experiences I could, I've ever had in my life. It hurts. It hurts so much. And from that place, it's like, well, what do I do now? Go try and trust someone else? What if they fuck me over? And so oftentimes what happens to people who have felt betrayed, who have felt like their trust was broken by someone else, is they close their hearts. They close their hearts because they're not available to have that happen again. So they walk around the world with their hearts closed. And when my heart's closed, it's not open. I'm not open. I'm not open to receiving all that is trying to be handed to me. I'm not open to receiving the love that is constantly surrounding me. I'm not open to sharing or giving love or giving care. So, in an open relationship, we are practicing surrendered-based trust instead of I trust you. So if my partner goes out and violates or goes against a mutual agreement we made, and we're practicing the invitation to authentically express, so then they come to me and share this experience, Instead of going into a close-hearted state of, I can't trust you anymore, I say, okay, 
wow, this is what's happened. Man, it fucking hurts to hear this. Wow, I'm noticing my chest feels heavy. My solar plexus feels tight. My stomach feels like a million pounds and it's tightening up and wrenching itself. And I trust this because it's happened. So in some way that I can't even fathom or imagine or envision or possibly understand right now, I know this is happening for me, for us. And that's trust, you guys. Trust in general, and especially surrendered-based trust, is about trusting when I can't see the benefits, when I can't possibly imagine how this is here to help. That's the whole deal with trust. It's easy to trust when I can see the benefits, when I can see how I'm being served. That's easy. It doesn't take any work. (laughs) But choosing trust when in the moment it feels like my heart's being fucking ripped from my chest, that is badass. That is powerful. And I love surrendered-based trust because it's like a counselor, therapist in times of grief, in times of pain, in times of uncertainty. Surrendered-based trust has been my comrade this entire time that the epidemic that is sweeping the world has unfolded. And when I thought I was going to have to leave Bali because of my visa expiring, and when I realized I wasn't going to be traveling like I had intended to do out here, and all of these things, I just kept returning to trust, surrendered-based trust. (laughs) So good. (laughs) So... These are the pillars of what I call an open relationship. A construct that can be applied to any any relationship, a relationship with a lover, with my mom, with my friends. Whether me and my partner or lover are practicing a more of a monogamous type of dynamic or a polyamorous type of dynamic or something in between, it doesn't matter. This is a blueprint. I believe will help will lead to all parties involved feeling truly seen, self-expressed, open, free, joyful, and full of real authentic love for the long term. <sighs> so I wrote down a few questions. A lot of you have been sending me questions during the time this time. It's no surprise because in the midst of a worldwide epidemic and so much uncertainty, there's a lot of fear, a lot of challenge relationally arising, a lot of separation happening right now. So I'm just going to read through these quick because I'm imagining I addressed quite a few of these already. (sighs) Okay. Are fantasies okay? I pretty much address this, but I'm just going to reiterate the main point here. Are fantasies about the future of me and my partner okay? Yes, they're okay. Have them. Enjoy them. Share them with your partner. Indulge in them. And 
don't allow them to become an anchor that holds you down from following your truth. What if my heart gets broken? How do I deal with the hurt feelings that come from engaging in this type of dynamic? You deal with your heartbreak and you deal with your hurt feelings by letting yourself feel your heartbreak and feel your hurt feelings. And simultaneously, not making anyone wrong because they exist. to have hurt feelings. It's okay to be heartbroken. It's a beautiful part of this human experience. And as my dear sister Molly says, when you sign up for falling in love, you simultaneously sign up for heartbreak. If you enter a relationship or a partnership and you're falling in love and you think to yourself, great, now I'll never have my heart broken again, honey, you're just lying to yourself. So decide and accept that it's okay that your feelings get hurt, that your heart will be broken. And then when it happens, let yourself feel it. Don't try and diagnose yourself so quickly and allow those emotions, that energy and motion to literally move through your body. And guess what? In tantric practice they say when you touch it fully it dissolves so guess what darling this too shall pass you will not be heartbroken forever this too shall pass so let yourself feel it and trust that one day you'll feel it a little less and then a little less and then a little less What are my responsibilities as an intentional and conscious member of an open relationship? Well, we talked about so many dynamics of this type of relationship. And what I'll share in this moment is ownership. Ownership of your own stuff. So that goes back to, oh, wow, you did that thing, and now I'm feeling sadness, frustration, anger, fear come up. Owning your feelings. Owning your stories and projections. You know, I'm actually creating a story about you, partner, that when you don't call me back right away, it's because you don't care about me. Isn't that interesting? That's the story I'm telling in my head right now. Owning your stories and projections. Owning your own experience. Yeah, today, when we were talking about moving in together, I actually felt a heaviness in my chest. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, I was like, this heaviness was right here. So owning your experience. Another responsibility is inner work. And that just goes hand in hand with growth. This whole blueprint of an open relationship does not work if both people are not down for growth, 
down to look at themselves and down to do the inner work. Compassion, understanding, and returning to real love always. Of course, as a human being, we're going to have moments of acting out of fear, acting out of insecurity, acting out of non-love. So the responsibility is to always return to real love as a practice and to access compassion as much as you can because we're all just humans on this planet, being who we are, doing what we believe is in our best interest in any given moment. Nobody's wrong, nobody's bad. We just are, we're just humans, just people. <laughs> Finally, learning how to authentically communicate clearly like a fucking badass. So learning to communicate in ways that the other person can receive your message. This is where a little education comes in. Um, sadly, they don't teach us these things in primary school, but learning to communicate consciously, authentically, with actual skills that are designed to alleviate the nervous system from so much stress so that both people aren't constantly triggered in a defense mechanism and then trying to resolve things. It doesn't work. So taking responsibility for your own communication, I think, is a piece of, of this. <sighs> And finally, committing to show up as yourself. Committing and saying, my promise to you, partner, is that I will always, always show up as myself, authentically expressed in my truth. I'm not going to promise not to hurt your feelings. I'm not going to promise that this will never end. Because in making promises like that, that is prioritizing those promises over living in my truth. And none of us know what will be tomorrow, let alone in 10 years. So by promising, I, this dynamic will never change. It will always be this way. Or I will never do that, I promise. You just, you're, it's bullshit. It's bullshit. It's not true. Because we don't know. Maybe you won't, but that's not a genuine promise. If someone says that to me, I don't trust them. <laughs> like in that moment, I don't trust what they've just said. I'm like, hmm, interesting. I don't know how you could possibly know that. But a promise that's genuine is I will always show up authentically. I will always share honestly with you. And I will always live in alignment with my truth. Even if that leads to hurt feelings. Even if that means what we've grown so comfortable with has to shift or change. So, thank you for joining me and staying present during this unraveling and unpacking of what I believe is the most powerful, beautiful, freeing blueprint for any relationship that exists on the planet, what I call an open relationship or a relationship. Um, I hope this has served you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for joining me today. <sighs> My prayer is that for all of you listening, you 
a moment of inspiration, that you experienced a moment of resonance, that you experienced a moment of reflection or joy throughout this episode today. Please, 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 if you have a reflection you want to share, if you have questions about this open relationship, relational blueprint, um, if you have curiosities or anything that wishes to be seen or shared, reach out to me. I love to connect with you guys. Um, If you reach out to me on Instagram or Facebook, you'll most likely receive a heartfelt voice message in return. Um, So that's at Relationship Badass on Instagram and on Facebook. Um, You can go ahead and join my Facebook tribe called the Relationship Badass Tribe. So come hang out with me on social media. Reach out if you have any questions. And thank you. Thank you for existing as exactly who you are on the planet. My darling, you are not broken. You are not wrong. You are not bad. You are perfectly imperfect just the way you are. (sighs) I love you dearly, and I will catch you in the next episode.